This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast, where a win in this series finale against the Twins papered over a lot of stuff, but we're not going to forget about the stuff that came before it. Just because the last game of the series was pretty fun, And just because the New York Knicks went on the road for game five against the Cleveland Cavaliers and closed them the fuck out. That series is over. Did even the most optimistic among us think that that series would be over last night when it was 1-1, when it was 2-1, and even when it was 3-1 and the media was conspiring to bring the Cavs back into it? Because Bleacher Report, I saw your tweet asking which team was most likely to come back from a 3-1 deficit, and you didn't even include the Cavs? You had the Wolves in there? I saw you. I saw you trying to jinx us. The Knicks can't be jinxed in the first round. At least they're moving on. But I didn't forget about the Yankees' extremely dull first two games of this twin series where the Twins won the season series for the first time since 2001. And if you're like, oh, well, that's okay. The Yankees were in the World Series in 2001, so I guess all is hunky-dory. The 2001 Yankees couldn't hit in the World Series at all. They hit 180 as a group. Two starters hit above 300. Paul O'Neill hit 333. Andy Pettit also hit 333. So uh, not exactly a harbinger of great things. Byron Buxton, after being told the Twins won the season series, was like, he, he told reporters his mind was blown like 10 times. He's like, That last time happened was I was six. And it's like, yep, great, cool. Another reminder. Um, The Yanks might have stumbled into something yesterday. Anthony Volpe is a big part of it. We're going to talk about it. Uh, But there's maybe some changes that have to be made and maybe some changes coming. If you believe Aaron Boone's little winks and nods. Plus, we'll take you through the minor leagues a little bit. Talk about how embarrassing it was to get dunked on by Sonny Gray and Joey Gallo. And I'm going to reserve some time to yell at Aaron Judge, because whether he's hurt or healthy after that slide into third base yesterday, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen from a captain who I trust. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. If you'd like to, we'd like you to. And you can find us live on YouTube, streaming Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the program. Before we get too deep into it, uh, before we do more Knicks talk, which I can't stop doing Knicks talk, because why would I? Um, Yanks are treading water, but the Knicks rule, so I'm going to talk about them. Why don't you drop off a promo for the folks that uh, maybe want to put their money where their mouth is for the upcoming Eastern Conference semifinals against Jimmy Buckets and the Miami Heat? Maybe it's time, everybody. Uh, DraftKings is here um, to support Hang out with the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Uh, head on over to dra- uh, DraftKings.com or download the DraftKings app. Uh, if you're a first-time user, punch in the code Yanks Go Yard. Uh, and if you bet $5 on any sport, you get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. You bet on the Knicks, you would have had uh, you could have won four out of those five bets. Would have been pretty good. We got NBA playoffs. They're in full swing. Um, we got the MLB season, which is a little bit complicated to bet on at this point, so I don't know if I'd advise that. Um, there's some golf. We're having fun. Um, there's some NHL playoffs. I'm not into that, but that's some fun, crazy betting if you want to get into it. Um, so there's still time. DraftKings is here to support you and all your betting needs. This is for all the folks in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, by the way. Sorry, I didn't mention that at the top. The tri-state area. 
um, the details here. It's a minimum $5 uh, deposit and wager is required. New customers only. Uh, you must be 21 and present in New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut. If you have a gambling problem, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. If you're in New Jersey, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, if you're in Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms at DraftKings.com or in the description below. Pretty simple stuff, everybody. Just gamble responsibly. That's all I ask of you. That's all we ask of you. Also, I want to give the fans a reminder that if you uh, if you have yet to buy Marty Appel's book, Pinstripes by the Tail, we get you a special discount code on that, Marty, of course, in charge of PR for the 70s Yankees, Reggie, the Bronx Zoo, etc. PR for that crew, uh, not easy. And as an insider, has been for generations. If you're interested in the book, triumphbooks.com slash pinstripes by the tail promo code is yanks 25 that'll get you 25 percent off the book through june 30th as long as you use our code yanks 25 we're here for you the vibes they are immaculate as jalen brunson would say i'm not going to try to do his weird little hand smelling celebration but just uh, i guess that's what it would look like i didn't want to do it because i figured i guess it's pretty normal i didn't think i could do it and then i, I did it it was actually really easy uh, but the uh, the Knicks are sick and the Yankees are are sick in like a way where they're like ill. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, with like a disease. Um, <laughs> the, the, I, I just the, the top of the lineup. I, I don't I, I, I called this people don't forget just because, yeah, they, they won 12 six yesterday. And uh, yeah, Domingo Herman technically eight innings, even though he gave up a two run homer to Miranda when he couldn't. And he gave up a two run homer to Joey Gallo when he couldn't. He gave up a leadoff triple in the seventh inning to turn an 11-1 game into 11-5 runner on third, no outs, which, like, again, they won the baseball game 12-6. But come on, man. And, and the runs come home because he he hits a guy in the back with two outs and, and gives up a homer to Gallo. And the runs come because he, after taking the 11-1 lead, the first two batters of that next inning are a walk and a two-run home run. Come on, man. Uh, so it's a, uh, it's, it's a super bad situation for me still. Why don't you go pee your pants on offense again? Dude, that was like eighth grade. Yeah. Well, sorry. People don't forget. I don't forget that the Yankees scored one, 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 and two in the four losses prior to this. And were shut out into the eighth inning of the three, two walk-off win in the middle. They lost four out of five and, and scored one run, one run, one run, two runs and three runs. But two of those came with two outs in the eighth and nobody on Peraza gets on base Volpe homers. And then another one at the bottom of the inning. The bottom of the lineup needs changes made. Uh, and reinforcements are not necessarily coming uh, until they may be dip into the minors, which we will talk about in a little bit. And it's not like there are superstars there. It's not like there are guaranteed megastars. Chris Kirscher did a great job of bringing this down the athletic today uh, and told me something I didn't know, that Willie Calhoun could technically elect an outright assignment to AAA, which is somehow how the Yankees got him to AAA in the first place. Franchi Cordero signed a split majors minors deal, meaning he has an option, meaning why is he not already at AAA? Come on. Uh, so they don't have to lose those guys necessarily. If they get rid of them. Uh, all they would be doing really is replacing a quad a guy with another quad a guy. They got some guys they want to try, but that said, you have to make those changes because Aaron Hicks is still below, as Chris Kirshner pointed out, you and I in WRC plus. He's negative. He's negative. He is a he's worse as a runs creator than Adam Weinrib. Uh, and I have not played baseball since senior year of high school, and I wasn't good when I played. You can look up mm-hmm. my stats. 
Max Preps has me at two for 15 senior year. I'm pretty sure it was three for 15. And I think they called a, a ground up the middle an error for whatever reason, but they're not good stats. And I'm a better option right now than Aaron Hicks. Uh, so let, let's talk about it because first two games of this series were, were as dull as possible. So credit to the Yankees for coming out yesterday, winning a must win game against Kent Maeda, a good pitcher on Aaron Judge's birthday. But the first two games were the most skippable games of the season so far. Yeah, uh, there's no analysis to be had. Um, nothing happened. They just didn't do anything. Uh, the lineup continued to struggle. Um, look, we said we we knew what Monday was going to be. Sonny Gray was going to mow him down. It's exactly what he did. Um, yeah. Take out the Yankees narrative from it. Sonny Gray has been tremendous this year. Two runs in 29 innings or something. Um, he's He's found his groove, and that's the end of it. And the Yankees are not hitting pitchers like that at the moment, nor do they have the personnel to necessarily do that because the back half of the lineup is not really suitable. Um, reinforcements, there are no reinforcements until Harrison Bader gets back. There are no true reinforcements until Giancarlo Stanton gets back. At this point, it's patchwork. Um, call, it what, call it what you want. You think a prospect promotion is going to help out here. You think a minor leaguer promotion is going to help out here. Uh, we'll talk about that in a few. I don't necessarily think so. Um, no. But again, it's early. So it's we're not even a month into the season. I know we're a pro by the end of this weekend. We'll be a full month in. Um, these guys still need time. You know, we just brought up Oswald Peraza. He needs to get back into a groove. Um, uh, Oswaldo Cabrera is still trying to find himself. Um, and those are two crucial players, especially for the bottom of the lineup. Um, the Yankees are going to have to live with a few things, such as not having a left fielder and having, a, you know, a de-escalated offensive performance from the catching position. Jose Trevino, great, but the not replicating the first half of 2022. Um, so there are going to be deficiencies here, and that's what they're going to have to live with. The thing that is concerning, though, is um, you have some of the problems from the top of the lineup. For example, Anthony Rizzo in the first two games of the series, and even dating back to the Blue Jays series, um, really bad at bats. Um, killed a couple of big opportunities for the Yankees. He struck out against Joe Ryan. He The two of the most... Confused at bats, I've ever seen him put forth in a Yankees uniform. Three straight fastballs down the middle in that first at bat to Joe Ryan, that no response, and then struck out on a fastball down the middle when the Yankees were threatening later in the game. Um, Volpe at least is is getting some bat on ball, um, and he had a really good finale. I like the way the Yankees ended that series because you lose those first two games not putting up a fight whatsoever. Um, and then you blow them out of the water and game in the, in the finale and you kind of make everybody, that's like what the 2021 Yankees were doing, right? They were winning like the first two games of a series and then they would get absolutely obliterated in the finale. And it made you forget yeah. about those two wins. Cause it's like, this is embarrassing. This sucks. So um, yeah, twins first series win against the Yankees since 2001, but Yankees ended in the best manner in which uh, in, that they could have. And it could be a little bit of a springboard, uh, for the offense, that's a nice breakout from them. Obviously, we need to see that sustained, but they did show life in the end, and that's kind of all that matters. It could have been a lot worse. Well, Glaber Torres with the second deck home run after yeah, I've been sort of in in panic mode, denial about potential like groin tightness and and what his body is is up to right now after he started so hot and got so cold. That was huge. Uh, Volpe putting bat on ball in a major way uh, was so important in so many so ways, good. but the bases loaded in one out. Him flipping that ball into right to set up Judge for the bases clearing mm -hmm. double. 
Um, that's just how hitting is done. That was like, if I was to frame what a young player can do to make an impression, it's that it's the best game of his career so far. The double in the gap probably should have been caught, could have been caught, but you know what? Second and third big lead already. First of all, it wasn't Uh, (laughs) second and third big lead already. All you have to do is lift one deep, get the run home, get the move. The runners over for Aaron judge cash in on the sixth and seventh. Uh, He knocks them both in with one fell swoop, helps batting average, helps everything. But he, even if that ball is caught, he still does his job there. And oh, by the way, he's up to 228 on the year with a 358 OBP, 712 OPS, uh, one homer, five RBI, five walks. His last 25 AB is hitting 280 with a 400 OBP. We're going to go into all this later. Um, yeah. But I know you have what, what's your question for me? Uh, when I say all those Volpe stats, what, what's your follow up going to be? I hope you know, but I'm happy to answer if you don't know where I'm going. Where are you going? Hard hit rate? What's his hard hit? No, uh, I, I mean, that's Volpe's 280 over his last uh, seven games. You, you want to know where Dalton Varsho is over his last seven games? <laughs> um, I, I thought you might. Uh, he's, he hit that home run against the Yankees over the weekend. He's walked twice. Uh, other than that home run, he has two hits. He's three of 26, hitting 115. Uh, last 15 games, hitting 130 with a 254 OBP. And then last 30 games overall in the season, 198 with a 614 OPS. Oh, man. This guy's going to stumble across one of these clips. It's going to be good. I know. What the hell happened there? That's crazy. <laughs> He's a five-win player, I've been told. He has a 78 WRC+. plus. I've been 78. told. Uh, if he's a five-win player, that's War's problem because uh, this guy yeah. is uh, stinky through April. Uh, maybe he turns it around, but again, the concerns that we brought forth appear to have been accurate. Speaking of concerns, can we just rip Aaron Judge for a couple of minutes, something we may never do on this podcast ever again? Yeah. Uh, I think we ripped him a little bit last October when he struck out like 100 times in the Astros mm-hmm. series. And then when he put out that Time Magazine article that made it seem like he was going to the Giants, we maybe ripped him a little bit. A couple of judge rips every year. Stealing third base. Up 5 nothing, Head first slide when you're Aaron Judge and the team can't hit is probably the single dumbest act I've seen by a Yankee in several years. Like <laughs> non-Eduardo Nunez division. Non-Domingo Herman division. Like, I- I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still... Lord, like, and we don't know he's okay either. No. We saw him flexing his hand and holding his hand in the post in the in the mid game. He got a couple more at bats every time he took a hard swing. I cringed, and then after the game, he said there was some conversation about taking me out, but I shut that down real quick. You can either play or you can't, and I could play. You never said I'm healthy or I'm not in pain. That the risk reward on that was like risk. A thousand percent risk reward, five percent. Even a classic risk reward, you're like, I can see it. It has merits that had no merits. And now you might be hurt. I, I still can't wrap my mind around that. And I don't know he's not hurt until I I gotta wait another couple days. I doubt he plays tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh what who's Heaney Heaney's tonight? Like this he is dog. probably the this is probably the day to rest him if you're gonna do it. Um yeah, I don't I don't I don't know what to say. Uh, This is it's crazy. The only thing that I could see being the case is that um, you're up five, nothing, five, nothing is not really a safe lead with Domingo Herman on the on the mound in the first two innings, I wouldn't say. Um, And you you the offense has been downright embarrassing for what? Five straight days and you just want to pile it on sack fly gets that run in. Um, still a crazy decision and absolutely irresponsible, especially the head first slide. Um, it was like 
it was like a belly flop off a diving board gone wrong. Um, the way he landed, like chest first, back of his body coming up, all the weight going onto the wrist and the hands. Um, it looked terrible. Uh, and when he got up, I was like, great, he's going to run down into the clubhouse, and that's the end of it. Um, but it, it seems like he's okay. He was back. He had a single early uh, later in the game and then had yeah. a – he put bat on ball two more times, I think, so great. Um, but, yeah, please, let's not do that. We already have issues with, um, you know, the 60% of of this team. It feels like we don't need it with the number one guy who's getting paid the most money um, just for people to laugh. Because you know what's going to happen. The second he gets injured, people are going to laugh that we gave him all that money. People are going to oh, you didn't see this coming. He was only injured, you know, however many times in the past. And he duped you with an, with an MVP season and a historic uh, run at the AL a home run record. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Nor do I want it. I'm sure Aaron Judge doesn't. So let's just uh, let's chill there. Yeah, I mean, did I see this coming? No, I didn't see him sliding into third base and jamming his hand into the ground coming. No, that that really was not something I foresaw. Um, here's the thing with injuries: injuries happen, but you know when injuries don't have to happen when you're trying to get the extra base in a in a five nothing game uh, unnecessarily, and that you don't even try. You just sparked your team. Like yeah. we got the spark. You hit bases the three run double. double with the bases loaded. You don't need to spark us again by stealing third. I, I can't wrap my mind around that. Don't be shocked if he uh, needs a little time off. He has not gotten a lot of time off lately. Um, and, and also, we're not going to exit this series without talking about how we got absolutely yammed on by Sonny Gray and Joey Gallo in this series. Um, Sonny Gray, the, the fan graphs article came out this week where he basically asserted that Larry Rothschild and the Yankees brass understood nothing about spin rate in 2017 and 2018 which is not totally a dig because i think only the astros did but the fact that the yankees he says that they basically told him we know high spin fastballs that you throw high in the zone are good and he was like i throw low in the zone and they were like no no no, high is good high is better and he was like i'm you just traded for me don't you didn't you trade for me because you think i'm good and they're like no high and he's like okay great and he threw high in the zone and sucked then uh, they, he also in the later in the interview when he had stopped talking about the Yankees was like, Oh yeah, wait, I forgot. They told me to stop throwing my two seamer, which I've always thrown and it's good. It's like, so he remembered some other stuff. The Yankees told him not to do it and, and, and made mistakes on. There was so much that he forgot some. And by the end of the interview, he was like, Oh, I remembered more, more ways. The Yankees failed me. So saying Sonny Gray can't handle New York. I don't even think is accurate. He's, uh, it turns out New York can't handle him. And he's, he's the best pitcher in baseball this year. He has an 0.62 ERA. Joey Gallo can't handle New York. That doesn't make it any less painful when he hits two 450-foot home runs against you in this series, including one against Greg Weiser that got him demoted, where even Aaron Boone on John Boy and Jake acknowledged, like, yeah, you don't want to be throwing a ball there. That's not where you pitch Joey Gallo. It's like, oops. And then yesterday, the game just was closer than it had to be because Gallo got a first pitch easy middle-middle from Domingo Herman and hit it uh, to a, to another stratosphere. So that was never going to work in New York but I wish we hadn't even tried it in New York. So I didn't have to think about Joey Gallo when he does this against my team for the rest of fucking time. Uh, he had those two bad plays at first base though. That kind of opened up the, the floodgates yeah, for the Yankees. He's not, so. a first, he's not a first baseman. I know so that's the still, twins fault. Yeah. Still. I mean, either way, look, his job is to hit home runs. He did that against two bad pitchers, two mediocre pitchers. Um, 
or one experienced pitcher and one one inexperienced pitcher and one mediocre pitcher. So good. For I'm going to call Domingo Herman mediocre for sure. I'm not calling yeah. him good. Experienced by technicality. Yeah, experienced by technicality. Weissert inexperienced, like Gallo should be theoretically hitting balls off of someone like Greg Weissert. I mean, obviously it was one of the worst pitches you'll ever see, but you know you capitalize on the mistakes. That's your job as a hitter. Um, the thing that frustrates me about this more than anything is not him getting back at the Yankees in theory by hitting the two home runs. It's avoiding the media again. This is what we're going to do. You're going to do a phantom IL stint when you come to the Bronx and then you're going to duck the media for three, four days when New York comes to Minnesota. It's like grow up. I understand that you did, you did essentially lay everything out on the table in a multiple, you know, exit interviews based on your performance in New York. But, um, this is this is a charade that's still gonna go go on. It's like Cody Bellinger ducking the Dodgers media um, early uh, in spring training. He didn't show he didn't go to the game at Camelback Ranch, and then um, leading up to the first series of the season, he ducked the media for three or four days. So it's like why? I know that the media can be toxic, but at the same time, if you just put yourself in the right position and say the right things, you're gonna come out the winner. Instead, it's you're you're sweeping the stuff under the rug and then the people who are playing paying close attention are viewing this negatively i.e us i don't like when players do that um especially when it's not really a touchy subject it's it's nothing personal it's nothing catastrophic it's nothing detrimental to your health it's you were bad at baseball for a year and here's your old team that you were bad with like let's talk let's talk a little bit more about it it's not it's it's nothing that's scarring. It's nothing that's you know overly traumatic. It's we can't talk about a game and how you perform poorly at that game, and now you're you have a chance to redeem yourself against the team that you perform poorly with. So I don't know. That's the thing that that irked me. Um, and now, of course, I'm I'm sure we'll get some Scott Boris uh, anecdotes later later in the season or at some point when um, when Gallo is approaching his free agency. It'll be fun. People will have their have their laugh, but yeah, it wasn't pleasant to watch, but you knew it was going to happen at the same time. Yeah, it just did. It was a reminder, especially in the doldrums of this series before they broke out in the third game that like, oh, right. Like that's two more people who hated playing in New York for the Yankees and loved playing against the Yankees. Yeah. Right, right, right. More Plus, of them. Just just add more. <laughs> um, we just it, it's so stupid. It sounds so rudimentary and maybe it is, but you just have to find people who love being what you could provide, who love yeah. being Yankees. I think Volpe mm-hmm. is so important there. Aaron so Judge, important. obviously so important there. But you, you got Gallo was a childhood Yankee fan. Who knew that he had, you know, this in him and this mental block or, or whatnot. But you just got to find guys who don't just want to win games, want to win games for the New York Yankees. Because the Yankees are an enemy for a reason. A lot of people hate them. You bring people on board who hate the Yankees, they might keep hating the Yankees. So we'll, we'll just have to figure that out. Um, speaking of the promotions, let's talk about possible changes that actually might be coming for this Yankees offense. And just to recharacterize, you said up top that like, I might believe that these could change things. I don't think I do. I I don't think that these moves actually change the team fundamentally. And I think the Brian Reynolds extension this week is another reminder that you maybe don't want to walk into the season knowing you have a hole and going, we'll fix this hole in July because Ian Happ is gone and Brian Reynolds is gone. And I don't think Brian Reynolds was ever realistic. We're going to talk to a special guest about that tomorrow. Stay tuned. 
um, to see what they think. Ooh. But uh, I, I don't think that was ever a realistic trade, but it doesn't change the fact that that's an obvious upgrade they won't be able to make now. Chris Kirshner detailed trade deadline options. Uh, talked through Jock Peterson. I think we're on Jock watch at this point. You might as well be checking the Giants box scores because I feel like that's sort of an, a clear one. Uh, he talked Jorge Soler, which like, you sure? But I, uh, you know, I don't know. Not I mean, a righty. We need a lefty. Yeah, that that and no defense. Like Jorge yeah. Soler, you're you're getting a a bomb squad guy, but I don't I don't know about that. And then the other one that he brought up was uh, uh, Cody Bellinger, which like I think the Cubs are going to be too good for Cody Bellinger, and and you know we'll see. Um, it's going to take a Cubs collapse to make Cody Bellinger available at the deadline as well. So that that just highlights how there are not really a lot of uh fix it quick fix options i don't think Yankee fans will be kind to cody bellinger for what it's worth but aaron boone is keeping his eyes on jake bowers at triple a um i'm keeping my eyes on jake bowers too you sure. gotta be uh jake bowers has never been a major league star he is uh, has a career 82 wrc plus he's been well below average as sort of a first baseman outfield hybrid the yankees claim they fixed his swing this offseason and into the season. And so far at AAA, 1.364 OPS, nine homers, hit his career high in exit velocity two days ago with a big home run, 114.5 miles an hour. Is Jake Bowers better than Willie Calhoun and Franchi Cordero? Their track records would say no. And if he is, not by much. But that said, you have to the Yankees plan shouldn't have been to flail around wildly and hit buttons, but since it was, you got to hit those buttons. And with Calhoun and Cordero and Hicks in the bottom of the lineup, that's not tenable. You're going to have to hit one of these buttons at some point and give me, give me Jake Bowers. Give me Jake Bowers while he's hot. Don't wait till he gets cold. If you're going to do it, it's while he's hot. Um, I don't know. I mean, he, it could be a little bit of a difference maker because he wasn't entirely like dominant at the minor league level in previous years. And he had that, you know, his rookie year with Tampa Bay, he like emerged as something. Um, and you were like, Oh no. And then they traded him to Cleveland and, and it all kind of went downhill from him for there, but like never really never OPS in the eight hundreds in the minors. Uh, let me see here. 14 home runs in the minors was his career high. And that was at double a, um, back in 2016 as a 20 year old. Mm -hmm. So uh, now you look at his numbers, he's got nine homers in 20 in 20 games. So maybe the Yankees did something here. Um, yeah. Cause that hours outage Bowers outage, baby, all those Yankee fans who got their custom Trevor Bauer jersey yeah. with the name on the back, just to add that S tape. Cause S, I know, yeah. cause I know if you got a Trevor Bauer Yankees jersey, you got it with the name on it. <laughs> yeah um with yeah i was gonna draw a parallel to estevan floreal because i'm like this is somebody who dominates at scranton and then you bring him up and he's bad but um there's never been this track record of success obviously it's a small sample size it's 20 games but um if they feel they fixed this swing if the power is translating like this yeah bring him up while he's hot because what we do with what we do with Franchi? He was hot. You kept him in there. He gave you what you needed to for five games. And then that was the end of it. Like yeah. all you need is a, you know, that helps you win a couple of series. And then if you're back to the drawing board, when he's over 11 with seven strikeouts, then so be it. But the Yankees did this to themselves. They went into the season without a left field solu uh, solution. Um, 
I, I downplayed it. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I guess egg on my face. It is that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, because nobody can seemingly do the job, whether it's defensively or offensively. Um, so at this rate, the Yankees will probably try to do the patchwork their way in the form of quick bursts filled with home runs that directly translate to wins. So I guess if you're going to do it, do it um, now because you have uh, IKF batting 179. You have Aaron Hicks batting 129. You have Franchi hitting 160. Um, you have Kyle Higashioka hitting 171. So if that's a bo- it's, if that's the bottom of your lineup on, you know, a, a decent portion of the day, you also have Oswaldo Cabrera hitting 216, which is not great. Someone who's supposed to be a little bit higher up there in average. So if that's the bottom of your lineup, um, you need any sort of infusion at that point just to shake things up and hope for something. I'm honestly looking at Florial again. Like he found his way back to the team. Why not send him back up to the big leagues? He's uh-huh. hitting 278 with, uh, you know, a mid fours OBP at AAA. He's taking his walks. Do I believe in him at the big league level? No, that's why he was DFA'd earlier this year. But at least he provides you defense. Uh, and you, you got lucky that he came back to the organization. If you're going to ever try yeah. him again, which you might not ever try him again, but if you're going to ever try him again, try him now. Uh, and the third candidate is Andres Chaparro, who does not play the outfield, is a DH. But Aaron Boone mentioned him as well. Need a um, DH, though. Need a DH for sure. and Or need somebody who can hit. And he started the year 0 for 29. Too many people saying, oh, don't bring up Chaparro. He's hitting 217. That, that guy sucks. Uh, yeah, I know he's hitting 217, but he did start the year 0 for 29. And since then, he's 18 for 50. That's 360 with eight home runs. So if you're looking to get somebody hot, that guy is hot. Um, okay. Yeah, clip. Joanne, please clip me saying that guy is hot <laughs> and just play it over and over again. Um, <laughs> again, if you're going to use him, use him now. Though Aaron Boone did say he bangs. And he also said Willie Calhoun bangs this week. And Willie Calhoun does not bang. Uh, you can clip that as well. He okay. just doesn't. He's he's one of the worst regular players in baseball. There was some. There was an insane MLB Reddit or maybe Yankees Reddit post the other day that was basically like Willie Calhoun is in the bottom, you know, one percent of qualified players in terms of all of these stats. And he has one season where he's been at all useful, and it was the juice ball in 2019. And he's hitting fifth for the New York Yankees. Somebody please tell the front office to fix things. And it's true. Uh, he can't be doing that. He absolutely cannot be doing. No, please. Do you think he? Do you think he? Do you think he bangs? Do you think? Do you think he bangs? (laughs) He might bang from time to time. He's. I don't think he's a consistent banger. Um, I like him. His. I like his presence at the plate. It's kind of funny. Um, I want to see more home runs because it's kind of explosive. Uh, that high fastball he ripped into right field was pretty cool. Um, whether yesterday or the other day. So, I mean, I hope that this is another situation where he just needs a little bit more time. I think the bottom of the lineup just needs more time. You know, you have the catchers constantly. There's been largely split time between Trevino and um, Higashioka at this point. At least that's what it feels like. Um, And you still have inexperienced players like Cabrera, Peraza, um, Calhoun, and uh, Cordero. And they they just need longer than three weeks to kind of, I guess, get on track or find some sort of consistency. So I don't know the answer, but at the very least, if you have these assets at AAA, cycle them in and out. If you ha- if these guys have the options and, you know, it's it's easier for 
you to at least explore some sort of infusion because you're not going to get any real solution until we get more players back from injury, which is a waiting game, or until the trade deadline, which is a long time from now. Um, yeah. So they just need to act fast. That's 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 the only advice that I have for them. You put yourselves in this mess, then you got to be adept with the decision making when the time actually comes. Yeah, what I don't want from the bottom of the lineup is is Willie Calhoun's approach is kind of funny. I don't think that's the goal of the championship team. Like, I don't know. Kind of makes me laugh to watch him play. It so does. maybe give him some more time. It's like, no, I don't think we need to give him some more time, actually. Um, but if you're ready to make your judgment on the 2023 Yankees, no better time than the present to sign up for DraftKings if you're in New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut. Uh, if you bet $5 on any sport that could be a Yankees win, Yankees lost, Devils or Rangers battle, Knicks in the Eastern Conference semi finals almost said finals almost got ahead of myself but the amount of accidental reverse jinxing i almost did to ruin the last nick series for them to still win in five starting to think uh the gods might be smiling upon the knicks but not that much because julius randall still hurt if you're trying to bet five dollars on any sport get your 150 dollars in bonus bets if your bet wins the code is yanks go yard that's yanks go yard no spaces like the podcast Minimum $5 deposit wager required. New customers only 21 plus present in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Gambling problem? Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Jersey, call text 1-800-GAMBLER. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms at DraftKings are in the description below. God, it feels good to be doing this podcast after the Knicks win, after the Yankees win, so that I don't have to be Bill Simmons the other day, who you better believe I went right to his podcast after Trey Young beat the Celtics at the Garden to hear what he had to say. And what he had to say was not that much, because I think he was really sad. And I've been there. I've done really sad podcasts before. Um, but you know what? I'm not 50-plus years old and a billionaire, so it's, uh, it's, cool, <laughs> when, it's cool when I do it. Sad when Bill Simmons does Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc just to give you a couple updates to everybody on the yankees minor leagues because i feel like everybody's automatic when the team is boring you're automatically looking at the minor leagues so good and the bad uh there's good and there's bad everywhere you and i are looking at 2023 bowman's i don't know if we got any baseball card collectors out here um they just dropped you just bought two value boxes i just bought one value box it was the last thing we talked about before we went live on the show um good value the freaking hobby boxes are 300 dollars uh, or 370 depending on where you go the jumbo boxes are in the 550s you might just like nothing makes sense anymore because i would have said like oh just buy singles like put 200 dollars on the side and buy singles but the singles you want are too expensive you can't afford those either they're like 
700 to thousands of dollars. So maybe the box is a smart move because you might pull something that's worth $6,000, but also I don't really have $540 to throw around in a jumbo box. So if you do, it actually might be the prudent financial maneuver, but it also is extremely painful to even think about that. That said, Spencer Jones of the Yankees in the new Bowman uh, and his cards are in the $500 to $1,000 range for good reason. He was named the hottest Yankees hitting prospect by MLB Pipeline this week for the month of April. 19 for 65, three bombs, 12 ribs, seven stolen bases, 292, 342 OBP, 585 slugging, and a 927 OPS. Sadly, he struck out 24 times in 65 at-bats, but that also might just be Spencer Jones. He might just be 6'7 and strike out a lot. That said, extremely exciting, and the other night, you know, in the stat lines, like Pipeline tweets their videos, they pop up on your Twitter feed, and you're like, that can't say what I think it says. No one was buzzing about Spencer Jones because Dominguez homered and doubled that night, and we'll talk about him too. Uh, but the stat line popped up, and I was like, that can't be what he actually did. No, it was. Two triples, a double, two stolen bases in that game, uh, and many RBI, and in a big Hudson Valley Renegades road win. Uh, Spencer Jones has been ridiculously impressive so far, and... and uh, Got a piece going up on the site about how maybe the Andrew Benintendi long-term deal not looking the greatest at the moment. The Yankees have a left field problem now, but I'm not sure they have a left field problem in the future. And Andrew Benintendi being on this roster would have made everything much worse. Yeah, and more complicated. Look, we were a little bit optimistic about guys like Elijah Dunham and Everson Pereira. They're not off to good starts. Um, That could have been... You had a number of potential solutions. You could put Oswaldo Cabrera out there. You run it back with Hicks and see what happens. You sign one of these, <laughs> you sign one of these uh, guys to minor league deals, whether it's Calhoun, Ortega, what have you. Hope one of those works. Or you have two promising, couple promising prospects in the pipeline who Dunham got the promotion to um, AAA right after spring training because of his impressive performance. And then Pereira, they were going to start at AA. And then assuming a fast start, he probably would have gotten the bump to AAA fairly quickly. Um, and everything, nothing worked out. Nothing worked out except Spencer Jones is working out, but he's at high A, so he's got a little bit of ways to go. Um, nonetheless, with his ascension um, since being drafted, what, last year, um, I think we're looking at a Kyle Schwarber situation. If he... <laughs> If he could get promoted by September and be a member of this team in October, if they make it to the playoffs, like I really am not doubting that if his bat is anywhere close to being um, hot, as hot as it is, even even a fraction of what it is right now, because it'll be hard to replicate that at the MLB level. Um, And depending on who the Yankees are able to go after at the trade deadline, because you mentioned those guys before. Jock Peterson's injured at the moment, right? So, like, I don't, you don't know how someone like him is going to be able to bounce back, or what kind of injury it is, or if it's if it's holding him down for most of the year. Um, I'm not opposed to Cody Bellinger. I think that would actually be a smart one. But again, his uh, his shortcomings are well documented, and we can easily see that being magnified in New York, Joey Gallo style. Um, so Spencer Jones, like, if the Yankees don't want to be spending prospect capital after gutting the system last year might be standing pat at this point with Brian Reynolds now under, under an extension with the pirates. Um, and this could be their guy, another, you know, a lefty Aaron judge, which I guess is what they envisioned. Um, and you couldn't ask for a better start from him at this, at this juncture. And I don't see why 
if he's still rocking uh, high A by the end of May, why he's not at double A by June. Um, so I like what I'm seeing there. I, I am truly hoping, though, for a little bit of a bounce back from uh, Pereira and Dunham because uh, those are two other guys who we thought were going to be contributors um, maybe by midseason. And right now it's looking like they cost themselves a month, at least a month or six weeks with how they lag behind with their play. Peterson is back now, so oh, he is? that for what you will. But he was also benched against a lefty the other day. That's he, he went on the IL very quickly with a wrist issue on April 12th, so that just means he's probably more likely to be a Yankee. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe we just run it back with Aaron Hicks, see what we got there. Uh, no, I think we have enough evidence on Aaron Hicks at this point. Um, also, just want to flag for everybody the hilarious stat line that Jason Dominguez has put up this year. Everybody knows after spring training, the talent is there. So we, we don't longer have to assure people he's good. Uh, off to a rough start to the year. Broke out this week, hit his second homer of the season. Doubled, knocked in three runs on Tuesday. Those are two of his five hits this year. Uh, he's hitting 116. Good news. Two of the hits were bomb home runs. That's obviously good news. Okay. The other good news... Somehow he has walked 15 times and he's hitting 116 with a 339 OBP. So either the double A pitchers are terrified of him, possible, probably part of it. He has the greatest eye imaginable, also probably part of it, or a combination of both. But the fact that he has not managed to get out of his approach and the fact that he's still taking all these walks and has, an, again, an on-base percentage over 220 points higher than his average is one of the craziest things I have ever seen at an advanced level, like not in the yeah. Gulf Coast League, in the AA Eastern League. So shout-out to Jason Dominguez for not deviating from the approach one bit despite the fact that you are hitting 116. And I bet having the big spring training at the Major League level – Maybe did that for him and gave him that little extra confidence because he is looking like himself right now to an almost extreme degree, despite the fact that he's not hitting at all. I guess I forgot about him, too. I mean, obviously, we were uh, some fans were hoping we we shut this down real quick that he would. Yeah, I mean, shut the door. Shut that was that was never happening. Um, He still has ways to go. The promising spring training was only a positive. You didn't want to take that too far to the extreme. Um, the Yankees took their um, took their risky decision, if you want to call it that, and used Anthony Volpe's hot spring and translated that into an MLB debut. And I think that that's worked out uh, thus far. But you don't want to push it with somebody um, who only had a handful of games at AA. It's one thing to only have a handful of games at AAA, but um, at that point, Anthony Volpe had seen the pitches at AAA and succeeded you know, in terms of how his game has been translating um, over the last year and a half. And then he did it against top-tier major league pitching um, in spring training. So, um, But yeah, you never know what's going to happen with Dominguez either. If he can get back on track, um, like Volpe last year, Volpe really bad April, May, started to turn it up in June. Yeah. July, August were great. And then, then came his promotion to AAA. So um, that, that could be the same type story for Dominguez this year. Um, I still think that there, something's got to give here. There can't be this many underperforming players, um, in, in the early going. Um, and 
if it'll be a problem because then it's going to affect the Yankees on a multitude of levels. If this continues, it's going to affect their depth at the major league level and the upper levels of the minor league system, obviously. And even worse, it's going to affect what they can do with the trade deadline. No one's going to want these assets that are seemingly depreciating. Um, if guys like Dominguez and Pereira and Dunham don't get back on track, because that's a lot of outfielders. The Yankees obviously don't have the need for all those outfielders. So you would think that, one or two of them will be packaged in a trade with the presence of Spencer Jones as well. Um, so it's important to keep progress of these guys. Um, we don't have to be overly optimistic. We don't have to be overly pessimistic, but um, you got to be, you have to have some sort of realism here because it could affect the, the their business dealings and just the major league roster over the next six months to two years. Yeah. And, and Anthony Volpe did did struggle. Everybody talks about it, and they're right. He was not good in last April and last May. He's certainly already better now than he was at the end of last April at the major 100%. league level, which is which is kind of insane. Um, Volpe, watch. You know, uh, people are going to spoiler alert. People are going to laugh at Volpe when he struggles all year because the Yankees put all their eggs in this basket. They didn't sign a shortstop. They didn't do what the haters are accustomed to the Yankees doing. So anytime he's not putting up Carlos Correa numbers, people are going to say, ah, why didn't you spend $200 million on Carlos Correa? But then if they had spent $200 million on Carlos Correa, people would have said, ah, why are you buying a World Series? Why can't you develop your own roster? Uh, very funny overall, just hilarious in general. But Volpe, three errors in three games in a row, they all led to runs. Yes, correct. That is a con. That is bad. It's also It's also rough for him that all three led to runs. That shouldn't happen. You should not have a hundred, you shouldn't have three errors on the year and every single one of those guys scored. Um, even the meaningless one late in the twins beat down. Like it would have been nice if the pitcher could have saved him, but he didn't. And because uh, the Yankees bullpen was leaky that night, but cons that pro who even really cares that the last 14 games, he's hitting 292, 424, 458 with an 882 OPS, two homers, seven RBI, eight runs, five for five stealing bags. Again, I thought he was going to steal yesterday and take off. I'm surprised he didn't, but he was spitting on pitches. He was taking his walks, flicking that ball into right field. Still the most impressive thing I've seen him do in a long time with the bases loaded and one out. Uh, yeah, it was one out, right? They did all yeah. that damage with one out. That's why Judge was stealing third for no reason with Anthony Rizzo up. Um, best game of the year previously was probably the two-run home run game where Wandy blew the game, but the, yesterday was very much the clear best game of the season for Anthony Volpe for me. And again, now the numbers, like even the people who are being numbers detectives and who are putting the magnifying glass on them, not that bad. Two, 228, 358 OBP and a 712 OPS is like, He's, he's 21 years old. He's about to turn 22. Like that's it's like, it's like pretty good. And, and the last two weeks of numbers are like very good. So it's not even a lot of work to be done. No. And uh, we, we are, I guess we are an Anthony Volpe apologist podcast, but um, we have to be though. How, how can you not be yeah. at this point in time? It, like, and it even when you have to do the mental math to make him seem good, then that's being an apologist. But when you just have to read off numbers for the last two sure. weeks, where it's pretty much like, oh, all those are good. Like the strikeouts are high, but everything else works. Like, I don't know. It sort no, of it's, itself I, at this point. It's the best form of being an apologist, right? He's 21. He's had limited experience at AAA. This is his first taste of big league action. Um, and there have been a lot of impressive moments, whether it's his ability to steal bases, whether it's his range on defense, whether it's 
his eye at the plate. There are a ton of positives here that outweigh the negatives. Yes, three errors over what the past four games. Yeah, but his offense. Yeah. But he's got five hits and he's got three RBIs. So, uh, and and three stolen bases. So I'm not like I'm not really. Uh, oh no, that's not stolen bases. Um, uh, three walks. So it's hard to complain with getting on base eight times over that span. Doing his job, he's doing what he's doing what he needs to do. Um, the 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 most impressive part about this is that the struggles on defense have not impacted the offense at all. Whereas in the past we've seen struggles on defense affect offense and vice versa. He is at the very least, I guess, as Jerry Seinfeld would say, he's an even Steven almost. If he's <laughs> if he's if he's uh, if he's screwing up here, he's making up for it there, and that's the type of resiliency and the mental fortitude you want to see from a young player who you would assume the moment is much bigger than them because they're engulfed with being the shortstop of the New York Yankees, filling Derek Jeter's shoes, the same old narratives you hear every single offseason and uh, preseason when the Yankees are trying to fill this position. Um, it's been happening for you know the last three shortstops now. Um, so the fact that He's embracing the moment. He's already boys with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is buying him suits now, fully yeah. custom and tailored. Um, and um, he, you're seeing metrics here that also translate positively. The hard hit rate, um, the sprint speed, um, the, uh, the, the on-base percentage. Those are all things that are extremely positive for a young player who otherwise, like most young players who are struggling are very much not succeeding in those areas. Their instincts are off. Um, the, uh, the peripheral metrics don't match or they're significantly worse than maybe the, the, um, the, on the surface stats. Um, so that's why they're, that's why we have to essentially be apologists in a sense, because there's no reason to be complaining here. There's no reason for rival fans to be quote laughing at this. If he's, you know, struggling, if he's batting 194 going into the twin series or 188 or whatever it was big deal, a couple big games gets him back up to 228. And now we're, now we're cooking. Um, and the OBP goes up 20 points over the last five or six games. So he, 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 he's got it for sure. It's going to take time to put it all together. His timing still needs some work. His, uh, his, um, I guess, I don't know what you'd call it. The bat being level in the zone. There's a term for that that I'm blanking on right now, but the swing plane, he needs to probably improve upon. He's getting, he's still getting under stuff. Um, once that all kind of comes to fruition, then you're going to start seeing the all-star version of this kid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the average exit velo and the hard hit, you're right, are now trending up towards 50%, 51 and, and 48th percentile. And those are in the very lows that, you know, the twenties, the, the expected batting average is still very low, but, uh, many of those were in the, you know, in the sevens, the single digits. And now they're, they're creeping back to respectability. Uh, yeah. First you were up and he was down. Now you're up. And he's down. Don't you see how this evens out for me? It's evening out for us right now. Dalton Varsho, still down, though. Uh, before we sign off, that's it for this edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast. Thomas, uh, before we sign off, have you ever uh, have you ever done any of the following? Have you ever called a reporter an effing C in front of Aaron Judge and a bunch of children? Uh, have you ever, this just dropped during the podcast, you ever flipped off a reporter and called her a white bee? According to two people who witnessed the incident, have you ever called a Latino reporter a, quote, fake Hispanic, according to multiple people who wow. saw it? Those are the reasons why Marley Rivera of ESPN and Jesus. former Yankees beat writer was dismissed from her position with ESPN this week. 
Thomas, what was your favorite Marley Rivera moment? Her asking Aaron Judge at the All-Star game what he would say to a crying child if he decided to take a contract somewhere else? Or was it her asking Garrett Cole if his one good start proved that he was a competent pitcher without an elevated spin rate due to spider tack? To which Garrett responded, Marley, look at my career. Look at my numbers. Thank you. The, no more uh, Marley. Uh, what what was your what was your uh, iconic Marley moment? Was it her calling someone a white bee? Because that might be better than the other ones. Actually, a, it's certainly a good one. And I'm gonna have to. I'll come back on the next step and probably put forth my favorite Marley because there is one more. There was one that was so bad. The question the uh, with a Clint Fraser one too that I yes I that was look it. Up. Do you feel like yeah. you're um a uh, a good outfielder? Yeah. What was it? <laughs> It was like you, uh, you, I actually just I actually just googled it because I finally clicked. Please, um, it was uh, oh boy. You feel it, like you can play right field? She asked if he was a good starting left fielder. Yeah. Uh, then her defense was: I asked the question. It comes out of several things he told us in spring. I wanted to know what the player thought about his own development. If you have an issue, you're welcome to ask or take it up with me. Since Clint didn't have an issue and knew where that was coming from um yeah great question i think what you should ask to a player trying to find his footing is do you think you're good that that's a good question and you should ask it in public too yeah mainly in public with as many people around as possible um yeah we were always skeptical of marley some weird questions um some weird behavior on twitter there was a lot of just immediate defensiveness that ended up being very tense a lot of tense moments on social media i feel um I, uh, white B is a good one though. That is a really, really good one. Um, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go down like that, you might as well get three in. She got three good ones in and then went packing. I mean, it's, it, it, that's the way to go. Um, I don't, who was this with? Do we have any idea? This person's uh, anonymous. Well, no, that's the thing. We do know who this was. Um, she's a reporter I hadn't heard of. A oh, white B is anonymous. We don't know who that was, but oh, okay. Uh, the, the Aaron Judge argument that ended her time with ESPN was a freelance reporter named Yvonne Gaete, um, who was coming over from Tokyo News to, to you know, Shohei Otani was in town. She had an interview set up with Aaron Judge. Mm. Um, but most importantly, uh, you may not have heard of the freelance reporter that she fought with, but you've probably heard of her husband, MLB's vice president of communications, John Blundell, which ah. is like... Maybe that's not who you uh, say, uh, you know, you call an How could you know, though? In if front I'm of about children. To call some, if I'm about to call somebody a bitch, I'm not thinking about who their spouse is. <laughs> just in front not. of children, in front of Aaron Judge. And uh, she also apparently screamed at her in Spanish. Then the reporter turned around and asked her if she was okay. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you speak English now. Great. Cool. Um, well, best of luck to uh to you uh, she also fought with bradford doolittle at some point i'm looking for those receipts and i can't find them um if you have a marley rivera story chime in in the comments let us know uh please show up at apple Podcasts and spotify drop us a review five stars please we are on every podcast platform you can also find us live mondays and thursdays two o'clock eastern um not to victory lap marley rivera's espn tenure ending but it certainly sounds like she was not great um, and a lot of people on Twitter yesterday were like, really fired for that without even a warning. First of all, yeah. Fired for yelling the <laughs> C word in front of kids. Sure. Uh, but also I think she 
probably had warnings. And uh, based on the other stories that just dropped, I'm fairly confident ESPN warned her about those. So maybe we don't make assumptions about who and who hasn't had warnings before we say that um, was a poor you know, dismissal. Um, that's it for today. I'm Adam Weiner. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. If you have Marley stories to drop with me, Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are both at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Please head on over to YanksGoYard.com as well. We got all the content there for you. Our bylines are there along with some other writers. Um, I'll be back writing next week, folks. So you'll be uh, you'll be able to shit on me in the comments like you usually do. It's a good time. It's what I live for. I'm waiting for it. Um, I want more of it. Um, so until then, enjoy the weekend. Four games set with the Rangers. Might be a little difficult, but um, we're here for the good vibes. And we'll talk to you again on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern Live, recapping the whole thing. And don't forget, we got a special guest coming tomorrow. So we'll have that up. I don't know when, but you'll hear it and you'll have a good time listening to it. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.